Welcome to Healthy Perspectives Podcast with Jeremiah, where we provide clinical perspectives on current social and cultural issues. All right, here we go again. Thanks for joining us. Today I'm talking to a specific audience again. I'm going to talk to teens. So if you are a middle school, high school aged kid that is trying to grow up in this tough world, this one is for you. I have spent many years working with teenagers and I've learned a lot of things over the time. And what I want to do today is just go through a list of things as you get ready to enter your school year that just might help a little bit. And if it helps a little bit, it's totally worth it. I'm not old yet, so don't get the wrong idea here. But I'm getting older. Back in the 90s when I was much younger, so for many of you, if you're teenagers and you're listening, you're like, whoa, you're old. Okay, in the 90s, I had a friend who was involved in a pretty significant accident. It was a car accident. And I'm starting here not to be a big downer, but because I want to paint a picture. I want to start this podcast the way that he taught me how to start most things. You are lovable how you are. See, after this accident that he was in, I walked into the room, in the hospital room, and the first thing he said is, I love you. And in my head, I'm a teenage boy at that time, I'm like, dude, we don't say that. Like, what's wrong with you? What I found out shortly after, I had a nurse who was really paying attention and saw me kind of like sort of squint a little bit and kind of, mm, like, I'm not sure about that. Uh, that got a little weird. That got a little awkward. And she pulls me aside and she says, hey, look, after a significant accident like he was in, it puts a lot of things in perspective. Things that before were not significant may become significant and vice versa. And so he probably said he loves you because he realized that he was really close to not being able to ever see you again. And a light bulb went on in my head. And I realized, man, when everybody walks into the room, I think of it like, I mean, not that you're a dog, but if you were a dog and I walked in the room, what are you going to do? You're going to wag your tail, run over and try to get some attention. Well, wouldn't it be great if we greeted each other with love right from the beginning? But it's 2022. That's not likely to happen in very many environments. So I wanted to be a little bit different and say, you're lovable exactly how you are because you are. Aristotle said, the more you know, the more you know you don't know. It was a brilliant way of saying this world has so much to offer that we'll never be able to fill our brains with everything it has to offer. And with things like cell phones at our fingertips, and we have access to information like never before. And what we're learning is the more we know, the more we know we don't know. And so today, I'm going to tell you some things that I know, and I'm going to leave some space to say, there's a lot that I still don't know. My hope 
is that some of these little pieces that I offer to you can be of some assistance and maybe make one day just a little bit better. Let's get going. Facades. Here's the funny thing about a facade. If you don't know what a facade is, it's kind of like a mask. You know, when you walk into a room and you pretend to be something because you're like, fake it till you make it or, you know, but you, you really want to be uh, accepted or popular or uh, you want to fit in. You want to be part of something. And so what do you do? Many people will create masks. They will pretend to be something until they really believe that they are that thing. Here's the hard part. All of that energy, pretending, faking it, or having a facade, all that energy takes so much out of us that we can't fully be ourselves even if we try once we go down this path of facades. What I want to tell you is there's no need to fake it. And let me tell you why. It's not probably what you think. It's like, well, I don't need to belong. No, you do. You need to belong. But the reason there's no point in faking it and putting up a facade, wearing that mask, is because people are going to like you or not like you, whether you put up a facade or you're yourself. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, there's going to be people who like you and people who don't. So all of the people who try to fake it so that they can get as many people to like them as possible, they have this whole other group that doesn't like them anyway. So why would we spend so much time and energy being something that we're not when we're going to be liked or disliked no matter what? There's no point. So put down the facade be you. You don't have to try so hard to be something. You already are something. Now, this is starting to sound a little bit like a motivational speak, right? But I'm telling you, what I'm speaking is actually true. And if you don't believe me, try it. If you put down the facade and you try to just be you, you're going to find that some people like you and some people don't. That's just the way it's going to be. If you are the person who puts down your facade, and I hope everyone tries to put down their facade, you're a work in progress. So the way to look at identity is look at who you were. When you were five and six, you're definitely not the same person now, but that person's in you. That little boy or little girl, they're still in you. They're still a part of your story. So that's the past. The other thing we got to do is look at who we are right now. Now, maybe over the last six months or something, you've become somebody you didn't want to be, or maybe you're becoming somebody you do want to be. You know, that's considered present. Six months back, six months forward is pretty much the present. And then we look at the future. What do we want to become? I'm not going to sit here and, you know, blow smoke. You're going to have challenges. But if you have an idea of where you're going, I want to be honest. I want to be uh, funny. I want to be involved in sports, involved in uh, any of the other activities. I want to be a musician. I, like You name it. Here's the deal. You're going to change your mind probably 10 times. And that's okay. But to be moving in a positive direction, when you change direction, 
it doesn't impact you as much because you already know how to create some success. So identity work is about looking back, looking now, looking forward, and then asking some pretty hard questions. Questions like, do I like who I was? Do I like who I am? And do I really want to go toward that? Don't forget that you're evolving. It's super important to remember you're evolving into something that is better than right now. And if 10 years from now, your highlight of your life is that you were cool in high school, think about that. I don't know about you, but I am so glad I did not pinnacle in high school, especially when I got done end of 10 years after I looked back and went, wow, that was interesting. (laughs) We are constantly becoming something. And if you choose to, you can become something better. Which leads us to growth. Every challenge, social, school, sports, family, everything that provides a challenge to you is an opportunity for growth. You wake up and you have a terrible day. You're late for school. You get in trouble. You get detention. You have an opportunity to correct your behavior. You have an opportunity to be respectful in spite of how crappy it feels. Every challenge is an opportunity. I would, if I were back in high school right now, I would be looking at every challenge as an opportunity. That's why I'm giving you that gift. I'm telling you right now, please think about things more in that light. We are either learning what we want to grow toward or we are learning what we don't want to grow toward in those challenges. So let me give you an example. When I was growing up, I grew up with a single mother and a brother. In that home, uh, I learned some stuff. I didn't have great role models in the home necessarily. My brother's a good role model, but you know, we were brothers, you know, we fought just as much as any brother probably does. And so there was, you know, really no adult mentorship for me in the home. I realized, and I don't mean this with any disrespect to my mom, but I realized I surpassed her when I was about probably 12, maybe 13, somewhere in that, maybe even earlier than that. That was a tough realization for me because I was all of a sudden going, hmm, I, I'm not really going to get much from my mom anymore. And I surpassed her, meaning she was emotionally uh, not developed well. Uh, and that meant that I was surpassing her socially. I was surpassing her maturity. And it was a tough realization. But then I realized I can learn from what she's not just as much as I can learn from what she is, which made her still valuable to me in my world. And that's a good thing. That was just a mindset shift for me. And I'm giving that again to you. Please have the mindset that you can learn from people who get it right or from people who get it wrong so that you don't have to repeat all of our mistakes. I highly recommend storing a few quotes 
a few quotes in your mind can go a long, long way. I remember in high school, I had this shirt. It was a Reebok shirt and it said, somewhere, someone is practicing. And when you meet him in head-to-head competition, he's going to beat you. Now, that's such a simple concept, right? I was an athlete and I was, I was forming the work ethic that it takes to be an actual athlete. And the result was that shirt actually got stuck in my brain because I wore it so much. It got stuck in my brain and I realized I just wanted to be the one who was working so that when I met somebody in head-to-head competition, I would be the one who beats them. Little quotes like that. I'll give you a a couple more. Uh, Above all, love deeply. For love covers over a multitude of sins. I love that quote. It's a great quote. And what it says is, if we love and we care about other people, when we make mistakes, they're going to be more likely to forgive us. They're going to just say, you know what? I mean... You're pretty much like the most caring person I know, so it's kind of hard to hate you when you made a mistake. That doesn't mean we have free reign to make mistakes, but when we do, it's going to be a lot easier for other people to get over them. Here's one for you. Do not use an ax to remove a fly from your friend's forehead. I stored that in high school. It stuck with me. What that basically says is you got to be careful how hard you hit people with information. I'm pretty direct. So, you know, if I'm going to hit people hard, I got to be able to take it too. So bring me the information. There's another one that says, if you see a turtle on a fence post, you know it had help. That's a great quote, right? It's saying it's okay to have help because you might see things you've never seen before. If somebody picks you up and sticks you on the top of a fence post, man, your view is awesome. Because you're used to crawling around on the ground if you're a turtle. The last quote I'm going to leave you with. If you think you are beaten, you are. If you think you dare not, you don't. If you would like to win but think you can't, it's almost a cinch you won't. If you think you'll lose, you're lost. For throughout the world you'll find, success begins with a person's will. It's all in the state of mind. For life's battles don't always go to the stronger or faster one. But in the end, the one who wins is the one who thinks they can. I stored that in high school. If you store one, two, all of those quotes, they help when we struggle. I hold quotes. Now, some of you are going to be like, I'm not a quote person. Okay, fine. Store a song that gives you the message. A healthy, wonderful message about good things about motivation, about love, about caring, about being the best version of you. If you store a song, you store a quote, you're going to be better for it. And then what I would tell you, I gave you a bunch of quotes. Knowledge is good, but wisdom is better. If I stored those quotes in my head, but I didn't strive to live them out, what a waste. What a waste. That's not what we do. If you store a quote or you store a song that motivates you, that gets you going, remember, until it becomes an action, it's not wisdom. Wisdom is an action. We take the knowledge and we apply it. 
And that's where we become wise because we find where it works and where it doesn't. We find what's good about it and what's not. We find its limitations. So knowledge is good. Wisdom is much better. The next part, dating. I know, you know, when you're a teenager, well, at least when I was a teenager, I thought I knew what the heck I was doing. And in some ways I did. You know, I could identify what was good and healthy and what was bad or unhealthy, but I often had to identify them the hard way. So I'm going to give you some snippets and then we're going to just move it along. One, my recommendation, be intentional. I say that because at the beginning of any relationship, any dating relationship you get into, there is this phase It's a developmental phase of a relationship. Like there's good information on this. You can access it. There's a book called In Quest of a Mythical Mate. It's written for counselors, but it goes over this. It's really good. Uh, And basically, developmentally, you are going to ignore that they smell bad, that they burp, uh, that they have bad habits. Uh, You're going to ignore all of that. You know, if they don't brush their teeth one day, you're going to be like, yeah, well, you know, you're going to blow it off. Because at the beginning of the relationship, let's be real, people are gross. And if we didn't minimize those deficiencies in another person, uh, we would never date. We would never procreate. Like the end of the world would come much faster because people are gross. So by design, understand you're going to go through this phase where everything about them seems perfect. And the things that don't seem perfect, like if your friends point out something about them and you're like, yes, you're going to say, so what? Like, who cares? You're going to minimize it. That is a normal part of the development of a relationship. So you got to be intentional at the beginning to work through that phase before you make too many mistakes. Because if you don't get to the differentiation stage, the one where you see they have something that's different than what you would normally like, and you have stuff that they don't really care for, until you get to that stage, like it's it's like a baby relationship. So take your time at the beginning. It doesn't take that long to move through that phase. For most people, it's around six months, which really isn't that bad. I know it seems like a lot when you're a teenager, but it's in the big picture, that's pretty pretty small amount of time to get through that initial phase. Remember that dating will shape you. Deep love comes with big risk. If you open yourself up, make sure you do it in a way that allows you to accept that risk if it turns sour. Okay, what does that mean? What that means is in order to love deeply, you can be hurt really deeply. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that to scare you because love is amazing. It's fantastic. I'm telling you that because I want you to know that real deep love risks real deep hurt. I just want you to be aware of it. And I got to tell you, it's worth it. If you're strong enough to handle it, love deeply. Oh my gosh, please love deeply. Our world needs more of that. If you break up, do not, please do not. Obviously, I can't tell you what to do, but please do not, do not generalize it to everybody. 
If one guy or one girl hurts you deeply, that doesn't mean they're all going to. And if you create a pattern of being hurt deeply, do me a favor, take a break and start looking into why you're picking the people you're picking. Your picker's probably a little off or broken, right? You got to fix your picker so that you find the good ones because they're out there. They're waiting for you. They're looking for you. The other thing about breakups I want to say is if you do break up, do it in a way you'll be proud of tomorrow. The day after, the day after, the day after. You want to be able to say, I was kind. I gave them the last gift. I was loving to them on the way out. Yes, they might be mean to you. They might disrespect you. They might create rumors. But you have to sleep with the way you treat somebody else. If you go to bed at night and know that you treated somebody kindly and that they just lashed out at you, you're going to move on and you're going to find a good person. It's just what's going to happen, even though it feels like it won't ever happen. And truthfully, if somebody goes lashing out that hard at you, chances are you hurt them badly too. Like they were hurt, right? Because we, unfortunately, in the teenage years especially, but also in adults, I'm watching adults do it in politics all the time right now. They lash out at each other. It's, it's like, it's terrible. But you don't have to do that. Your, your sadness will dissipate. You know, if you need to, go see a counselor. You know, if you got a good friend, go go cry, get it out, and then try again later. <laughs> it's just kind of how it works sometimes. Know that if you got hurt deeply, it means you are learning how to love deeply. And that's a good thing. The last part about dating I'm going to talk about is sex. One, be safe. Two, when in doubt, don't. If there's any doubts, just don't. And three, It's not going to make the relationship. I have done hundreds of hours, probably thousands of hours of work with families, couples, stuff like that. And I got to tell you, when a relationship, so there's two parts, sorry, I'm going to pause. I'm going to go back. There's two parts to sexual relationships. One is the sex, biological. The other is the relationship. When the relationship is going good, sex is a very small part of it. When the relationship is a disaster, sex is a large part of it. So if you're finding that sex is a large part of your relationship, you're probably not in the right relationship because the relationship, the friendship, the camaraderie, that companionship, that compassion, that that comfort of being together on this journey far outweighs the biological act of sex. It just does. Now, that doesn't mean it's not fun. I'm not a sex downer. But what I'm telling you is the relationship is far more important because without that, it's going to disappear and it's not going to be a good disappear. All right? There's a lot more we could talk about there, but let's move along. Drama. Drama is a very interesting topic. Our culture is not setting a great example for you. So don't do what our culture is doing right now. Your generation is going to have to change this. It's just going to. 
the drama that exists, the idea of having to align and be right, it's not necessary. Now, we do need friends. We do need people to love us and to love. That's a reality. We're relational by design. But to be in drama is unnecessary. I do understand how exciting it is at times because the energy comes up so high. And it's like, woo, I got something to talk about. And I'm bouncing from this person to that person to this person. And I get it. But here's the analogy I want you to remember when it comes to drama. It's like taking a Ferrari on a mud track. Yeah, the wheels spin and they spin really fast. The mud flies, messes are made, but it's not productive. That car wasn't made for that. It's not going to go anywhere. Just like you and I aren't made for drama. When drama comes, we're made to settle drama down. That's what we're made for. We don't always do it, right? That that excitement that hits us at the beginning sometimes becomes the catalyst to perpetuate the drama. There's a couple of solutions for you. One, verify, verify, verify. Don't depend on just one source. It's a silly thing to do, whether you're in high school, college, beyond. One source is not going to be sufficient. Don't depend on just one type of source. Right? If you want to know something about boys and you're only asking the girls, uh, you're missing a big part of the picture. So don't just go to one type of source. And then, when in doubt, go directly to the source. If you hear something, go and ask the question. So-and-so said such and such. No, what you do is you walk up and you say, hey, do you like me? That's okay. Or, hey, do you have a problem with me? Is there something that I've done that's offended you? And if they tell you no, you take them at their word. Right there in the moment. Because what you're going to find is either they're going to run away and stir drama, and then that means that's a person you don't want to hang out with, or they really don't have a problem with you, and they're going to walk away, and it's not going to be a thing ever again. It's just going to die. Because you went directly to the source. The truth is, some people stir drama because they like the energy. Those are the people that are going to get you in trouble. Socially, they will get you in trouble. Now, you might not get suspended from school or anything like that. It's possible you just have lots of drama in your world. But do you want that? Your time, energy, and resources are limited. I would recommend you become a drama killer. And if you need more details on that, Listen to my podcast called Drama Killing. It's actually not a bad podcast. I've got a couple more categories I'm going to hit, and then I'm going to let you guys go. And girls. Boys, I'm speaking directly to you for this one. Boys, becoming a man is hard. Don't expect it to be easy. Connect with an older generation so you don't have to learn everything the hard way. Please, boys, do that. Find a mentor, find a teacher, find a counselor, and ask for help. If you need help, ask for help. So many boys I know have gotten caught up in this whole bravado, like, I can do it myself. I'm an independent man. 
You don't have to do that. Truth is, not a single man who has made it well into adulthood and created any resemblance of success did it alone. Not one. Not one. Fear is your greatest enemy, boys. It is. It's just going to be that way. Emotions are not bad. And mistakes are going to happen. So clean them up. Own it. Clean it up. There's no reason to try to hide them or sweep them under the carpet. And last, for the boys, girls are gross. Don't forget it. I'm telling you, I've worked with girls way more than I ever thought I would. And girls are gross. Don't worry, boys. I'm going to be telling the girls that boys are gross too. Because we are. We're all gross. Girls, it's your turn. Drama is one of the most common things I hear about in therapy. With girls. So, my recommendation to you girls, do me a favor, learn how to kill drama. That usually means go to the source. That usually means if there's a bunch of people coming to tell you something, they're trying to get you going. So don't give them that. If you don't react in the way that they expect, they're going to stop bringing that stuff to you. And you're going to be in less drama. Self-worth. You are going to probably struggle with your self-worth, you know, your confidence, whatever you want to call it. You're going to look at yourself in the mirror and you're going to be like, oh my gosh. And you're going to, you know, you're going to see all of your flaws and you're going to try to cover them up. I wish you wouldn't. I really do. I wish you wouldn't. But remember this. Others can only give you feedback. You have to decide if it fits. So if you believe you are worth less because of something that somebody says, it's because a part of you already believed that. And I say that because I want you to understand you are lovable exactly how you are. You don't have to listen to somebody when they tell you something about you is disgusting or terrible or, you know, you're super mean. Like You don't have to listen and accept it. If you hear it, you hear it, but you don't have to accept it as though it's truth. You can ask yourself, is that actually true? You are more than just one thing. You are multifaceted. My grandmother taught me this. She said, we, are, we people are like diamonds. They have so many different colors and angles and you know, they're complex. That's what she would say to me. I love my grandma. She's amazing. But you are more than one thing. You're more than just a body. You're more than just a brain. You're more than just an athlete or a student or a daughter or a friend. You're all of these things. So don't limit yourself to one part of you being a big portion of your identity. You're limiting yourself unnecessarily. You are a complex, wonderfully unique girl. Be that. You can have lots of different ideas and opinions. You can have lots of different things about you that you like or don't like, and that's okay. But you're not just one thing. 
And if you find yourself being pigeonholed as one thing in your social groups, you got to break out of that. You just got to break out of that. You got to say, you know what? I'm not just one thing. I'm not just an athlete. I'm also a good student. And I'm also, I also can be a good friend and I can, you know, you can be all of those things. Now understand you're going to make mistakes in all of the areas, but you're not just one thing. Ask for help when you need it. You're going to encounter really strong emotions at times. Ask for help. You don't have to go through it alone. Your emotions are there for a reason, but your emotions will fluctuate high and low. And when they fluctuate and you need help, ask for it. It's okay. Your burden that you're putting on somebody else doesn't feel like a burden to them. When you, as a girl, if you give somebody a chance to love you during a difficult time, it's a blessing to them. It really truly is. It may be hard, but it's a blessing. So be a blessing. Ask for help. You are your worst critic. I tell you that because I have talked with so many grown women who talk about how brutal they were to themselves during their teen years. You are your worst critic by far. So my encouragement is please try to see yourself through the eyes of the people around you. If somebody tells you that something's amazing about you, accept it. That's the way they see you. That's just how it is. They see you that way. Now, if it's not totally accurate, that's okay. The feedback comes. You decide if it fits. If it fits, great. If it doesn't, dismiss it. But at the end of the day, you don't have to correct them. If they see you that way, you know, here's a good line for you. Gosh, I wish I could see myself through your eyes. Right? Think about that. If you could see yourself through the eyes of somebody who loves and cares about you, man, what would it be like? Would you be nicer to yourself? Probably. Would you think poorly of yourself? Would you have any body image stuff going on? Would you have any confidence issues? Probably not so much because the people around you think you're amazing. I told the boys this in their section. Girls, you got to hear this too. Boys are gross. Don't forget it. I'm going to wrap up with this. You are all lovable exactly how you are. Keep growing towards something better, but know that you're lovable and acceptable exactly how you are. And don't give your power to anybody else. It's yours. Don't give it away. And when I say your power, what I mean is make sure you love yourself too. And if you're having a hard time with that, man, that's one of those areas. Ask for help. Find, find somebody who's going to just care about you and ask for help. Thank you so much for joining me. If there are any teens who listen to this, I super appreciate it. You are awesome. And I look forward to hearing from you. Have a good one.